Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, you're listening to the Five Minute Talk Show with Phil Iazetta. We're bringing you today's best comedy and entertainment personalities. Now, your host, Phil Iazetta. Welcome to the Five Minute Talk Show on the Believe Podcast Network. And joining us on the hotline is a man who's been all over the news. He's an author, a political strategist. I consider him just an all around media personality. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Roger Stone. Well, thank you, ladies and germs. <laughs> now, the first thing I want to talk to you about has nothing to do with what the rest of the world wants to hear about. I want to talk to you about comedy because I've heard from many people that you have just a great sense of humor. And from some of your quotes on some of your style, uh, I, I don't know if I should put them as conversations with the Daily Caller on the website. You've taken over, as everyone knows, uh, for a great, great man. So uh, talk to us, first of all, about your sense of humor growing up and where you got it from. Well, you know, I'm a great comedy fan, huge fan of the Marx Brothers, W.C. Fields, uh, 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 Groucho Marx particularly, who, as you know, famously said, I don't want to belong to any club that would have someone like me as a member. Uh, and it, it's really helped me in good stead in politics. I mean, for example, as you know, the FBI raided my home the other day. CNN just happened to be there to record it. This has got to be the greatest coincidence since the Reichstag fire. You know, how did CNN find out about this? Yeah, it's kind of uh, uh, an odd coincidence. First of all, the leaking of an arrest warrant or the leaking of a search warrant is specifically a felony. Now, CNN showed up at my house exactly 40 minutes before the FBI raid, and they set up their camera tripod exactly nine minutes before the FBI arrived. So, uh, you know, and they say they were operating on a hunch. Hunch, my ass. Uh, they very clearly had a tip off. The the uh, producer on the ground for CNN, a guy named Josh Campbell, he's a former special assistant to FBI director James Comey. So the idea, of course, was to um, try to humiliate me in public, but also to try to depict me as public enemy number one. It's like I grind grapefruit in my wife's face or something. Uh, they're trying to make me look like, uh, you know, El Chapo or Pablo Escobar. I'm a 66-year-old guy who doesn't have a valid passport who doesn't own a gun because in Florida you can't both own a firearm and have a medicinal marijuana card. I'd rather have the pot in all honesty. Uh, and you, and you can't, uh, you know, and I'm not a flight risk because the magistrate in my case released me on a surety bond, basically on my own signature, which proves that the government agreed that I was not a flight risk. Look, the only stripes I look good in are pin stripes. Uh, and that's why I pled not guilty. And while I will fight to vindicate myself, I mean, there's no Russian collusion. I don't eat Russian dressing on my salad. I no longer drink Russian vodka and I've never been to Russia. Are they just afraid of you and they just want to put you in a corner and that's what they're trying to do? Yeah, I think this is payback for 40 years of playing hardboiled American politics. Look, politics ain't beanbag. This is a contact sport in America and I've given as good as I've gotten. But I expose the fact that Bill Clinton raped or assaulted 37 individual women. I interviewed every one of them myself. I wrote a book about it called The Clinton's War on Women. Uh, and people say, well, it doesn't matter. He's not running. Well, his wife is the one, Hillary Clinton, who threatened 
and intimidated uh, and bullied his victims into silence. She's the one who hired the heavy-handed private detectives and the nasty, nasty lawyers to threaten these women. Well, I wrote that book, and now this is payback. See, they didn't expect to lose. Uh, and after all, Donald Trump, I mean, he's a cartoon character from New York, uh, you know, who's they call the Orange Man. Well, I love the Orange Man because we got 4.8 million new jobs, 500,000 new manufacturing jobs, African-American unemployment, lowest point in American history, uh, Hispanic unemployment, lowest point in American history, overall unemployment, lowest point since 1969. Uh, and then you got guys like Adam Schiff. I, I want to stop you with Schiff for a second, because there's a whole bunch of speculation going on. You're the right guy to ask. Well, I mean, those are all allegations. And in all fairness, when my lawyers put Adam Schiff on the stand in my trial, we're going to have an opportunity to ask those questions because he is a member of the House Intelligence Committee. I'm going through the transcript. I've got four lies he told that day. For example, oh, the FBI did inspect the DNC computer silvers. So, Adam, you go, Schiffer. We're going to get a chance to ask you about that. And while we're at it, we'll ask you about whether you've used taxpayer money to settle a sexual harassment assault uh, a claim against you by a teenage boy. I think it's a fair question. This guy hides behind his congressional immunity to uh, to malign me and defame me because he knows he can't be sued. You better put it away a couple days because we're going to have him on the stand under oath, and he's going to have to come face-to-face with the stone-cold truth. You're a media personality, and, and the very fact that someone would try to even attempt to put a gag order on you, there's something called the Jay Leno defense. I say that's what you just invoke right there because – what can they do? Stop you from making a dollar? Well, it's ironic you say that. My lawyers have just now, it's just been reported by ABC, filed papers objecting to the gag order and citing specifically Jay Leno's victory in the federal courts when they attempted to silence him. I make my living talking and writing. That's what I do. I make my living commenting on politics and on men's style. That's how I make a living. So the idea of gagging me Uh, is a violation of my constitutional rights, my right to make a living. But the government's argument is, oh, we need to gag Stone because it might taint the jury. No, the way you arrested me like a criminal, even though I have no previous criminal record and I'm accused of a series of nonviolent process crimes, that's what poisoned the, the grand jury. The leaks by Mr. Mueller's office of my indictment to a CNN reporter prior to it being unsealed that's what poisoned the, the jury pool. The leaks I've had to live with for two years, the Daily Beast, uh, the uh, HuffPo, the Washington Compost, uh, the Wall Street Journal, the, the New York Times, uh, they have gotten every week, you can read, Stone will be arrested for treason this week. Treason My family was mowed down by Russian tanks in the streets of Budapest in 1956. My wife's family fled Fidel Castro's gulag uh, in Cuba. Don't don't lecture us about communism. Don't lecture us about Russians. We get it. So uh, the people who really ought to be pursued here, James Comey, lied to Congress under oath about leaking, not prosecuted. James McCabe, uh, pardon me, Andrew McCabe, lied to Congress. Uh, about uh, the formation of the Steele dossier, paid for by Hillary Clinton with laundered campaign money uh, and uh, uh, fabricated with the assistance of Russian intelligence. He's not indicted. James Clapper, this guy said, oh, no, there's no 
metadata collection uh, program on Americans, that doesn't exist until in The Intercept and Edward Snowden proved he was lying. You know where he is now? Teaching ethics at Vermont College and being paid to comment by CNN. So why aren't these people being uh, prosecuted? Or the worst of them all, John Brennan. This guy's a psychopath. First of all, he converted to radical Muslim when he was the station chief uh, for the CIA. He lied about tapping into the computers of a Senate committee that was looking into illegal torture by the CIA. He lied about the role uh, that the Steele dossier I just mentioned played in the FISA warrants uh, that authorized the spying on Donald Trump's campaign. In all honesty, the abuse of FISA warrants, the abuse of the surveillance capability uh, and authority of the state makes Watergate look like small potatoes. The legal fund is whoframedrogerstone.com. Is that the best way to, to, to get on your team or at least give you something towards fighting this? Yeah, I've got to raise two million bucks. I mean, that's the worst part of this. Two years of insidious leaks have destroyed me financially. In December, I lost my my health and life insurance because I couldn't pay the premiums. I had a 2006 car. I had to sell it. I didn't get much for it, but I had to pay the lawyers. Uh, they have uh, systematically destroyed my little consulting business because every week you can read in the newspapers that I'm about to be indicted for treason. Uh, by the way, I, they indicted me not for WikiLeaks collaboration, not for Russian collusion, not for the receipt of stolen property, either allegedly hacked or allegedly stolen emails. No, a bunch of obscure process crimes. Uh, but yes, people can go to stonedefensefund.com, stonedefensefund.com, or you can go to whoframedrogerstone.com. Takes you to the same place. Let's be honest. You, you were a marked man. Anybody who has a tattoo of Richard Nixon on his back, I mean, is going to get some flack. No, I'm the only guy in the world with a dick on the front and the back. <laughs> so, Roger, I was brought up in New York City, and then my family moved me up to New Canaan, which was an area that I believe you grew up near or in. Is that true? Where in Connecticut were you exactly? Yeah, I was born at the Norwalk Hospital. I grew up in the city of Norwalk. I elected three Republican mayors in the city of Norwalk when I was still in my teens. Uh, Norwalk was a, is a microcosm of America at that time. If you knew how to elect a mayor of Norwalk, you knew how to elect a president. This is where I learned politics. My very first campaign that I ever managed, I had an insurgent Republican conservative candidate named John Lupton took on the establishment and we whipped them. Uh, my mentor, the guy who really got me started in politics, former Connecticut Governor John Davis Lodge, lived in Westport, was a Brahmin, was, had a major uh, uh, a career as a B-movie actor, uh, spoke French, Italian, Hungarian, Polish, Spanish, and German, was in uh, The Scarlet Empress with Marlena Dietrich, was in The Little Colonel with Shirley Temple, great politician. When he ran for Congress in the 4th District, which is where Norwalk and New Canaan were then located, along with Stanford, Bridgeport, and so on, he ran against an Italian war hero named Colonel uh, Frank Mucci. They came to a big debate, and Mucci spoke first in English. Then Lodge spoke both in English and Italian. Mucci couldn't speak Italian. Lodge won the election. How has politics changed, and how has it just become such a nasty business now? Well, you're absolutely right. It's changed a lot. I mean, in all honesty, Tricky Dick Nixon got a lot of um, personal attacks. It was very controversial in his day. But 
Adam Schiff makes Tricky Dick Nixon look like St. Thomas Aquinas. I've already begun compiling a list of the questions he needs to be asked under oath. He can't run, he can't hide, as the great Joe Frazier used to say. Uh, this guy's in deep, deep trouble. He says, I'm in trouble. No, he's the one who's in trouble because all of his corruption will be exposed in my trial, all of his lies. And then there's his um, Sancho Panza's right hand man, Congressman Eric Swallowswell from California. He had a lot of questions about him, too. He's running for president, by the way, but he refuses to answer a straight question whether he's ever paid anybody a settlement in a sexual harassment or a sexual assault case. He won't answer that question. Now, I'm not saying he did. I'm not saying he didn't. I'm saying it's kind of weird that he won't answer the question. Maybe he'll answer it under oath in my trial. Roger, talk to me about Nixon in those years. What was it like? I mean, was his personality, his sense of humor incredible? I mean, were there some stories, maybe a story or two that you could tell me about Nixon and Kissinger? Well, uh, Nixon was not known for his sense of humor, to say the least. Uh, And he was very buttoned down. Uh, and very kind of introspective. Um, It was very hard to get him to talk about the past. But after you got him lubricated, after he had a couple of what he called silver bullets, a couple martinis, he would get downright loquacious. Uh, And that's when we would have a few laughs. Uh, Nixon, by the way, this is a little known. He played the violin, the piano, the clarinet, the saxophone, and the accordion. And he was completely self-taught. He could not read music, but he was actually a virtuoso in all of them. He could play them all. Roger, what was the deal with Kissinger now? I heard rumors he was trying to quit every two minutes. I mean, what was that like? That was kind of his stock in trade. Well, Mr. President, if you don't do it my way, I must quit. Well, I wish he had quit in some ways uh, because uh, the guy was a kind of a pain in the ass. Roger, here's the million-dollar question I think everyone wants to know. Forget about all the FBI stuff, the Trump stuff. What makes Roger Stone laugh? Who do you think is funny? You know, I'm a a great fan of Nick DiPaolo. I guess he's my favorite working comedian today. And and I'm a huge fan of Milton Berle. Milton Berle would be my favorite old-style comedian. I mean, it's nice to walk around on the sides of his feet, black out his teeth dress in drag. I mean, he was hysterical. Uh, to me, that's the that's the comic gold standard. I like Nick DiPaolo because he's got huge cojones. I mean, the guy is <laughs> yes. he's gutsy. He's out there. I like Owen Benjamin as well, plays the piano. He's very funny. I think he's a, a, a great talent. Uh, on the other hand, you see some of these comedians and you say, dude, you're just not funny. I mean, yeah. I used to like, uh, you know, I used to like... Um, uh, uh, Stephen Colbert when he had his own show, but when he moved over to the Tonight Show, just not, you're just not funny anymore. You know, and that's what I want to also discuss with you. I mean, it was friendlier, even when they would joke around, you know, about Nixon or, or Reagan or Bush, it was friendlier. Why is it okay to attack and just disrespect the office? And it just seems so acceptable now. Well, I mean, as somebody who's now been uh, portrayed on Family Guy, and somebody who is who has now been portrayed by Steve Martin on Saturday Night Live in the cold opener the other day, uh, you know, it occurs to me that there are indeed four phases of fame. Phase one, who is Roger Stone? Phase two, get me Roger Stone. Phase three, get me a Roger Stone type. Phase four, 
who is Roger Stone? Well, I guess I'm in phase two. Get Me Roger Stone, amazing documentary on Netflix. Have you had a chance to watch it in in its entirety on Netflix, or did you have enough just making it and being part of it? You know, I have watched it, but in all honesty, I've, I've had, I have trouble watching it. Maybe it's because I know the story so well. Right. Uh, I find it uh, a little tedious, but I do recommend it to people. Unfortunately for me, I guess Robert Mueller watched it instead of uh, Get Me Roger Stone. He thought it was entitled Get Roger Stone. Roger Stone joining us on the hotline. And again, I have to say thank you so much for the time. We talked Nixon. I just want to talk Reagan for a moment because I've heard as well, great personality, great sense of humor. What was that guy like behind closed doors? You know, he uh, he was exactly the same um, in private as he was in public. Genial, easygoing, friendly, funny, had a great repertoire of dirty jokes. I mean, just really, he worked blue in private. He was unbelievable. StoneDefenseFund.com, Roger. Thank you so much for the time, and hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, and Godspeed. You've been listening to the 5-Minute Talk Show. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and keep listening at 5MinuteTalkShow.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a 5-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.